Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on The Porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I am joined with the one and only J.D. Rogers. Hey, again. And for the very first time, Mrs. Lauren Johnson. Hey, guys. Who is subbing in for a very pregnant Elena at home. (laughs) And uh, we mean that in all the best loving ways. She is 34. Yeah. No, no, no. We miss you. We do miss you. And she's not done. And uh, we've got Lauren here. Lauren is the newest member of our staff. I am. Just came on board three days ago. Fun fact about Lauren, she used to dance on a cruise ship off of Alaska. Yeah. What did you dance on? I lived at a bottom at the bottom of a boat for about six months, and yeah, we just had different shows each night, and just getting to live on the stage. Like, in okay, costumes. so what type of shows? Like, we did Dancing with the Stars at sea, so we got to do all the little like fun oh, ballroom costumes. Wow! wow. And, yeah. Who was the stars? Um, so we were like the professional, and then we had dance classes so that cruise members would like compete and so they'd get to come up and like dance with us just like a normal competition of like dancing with the stars wow interesting the cruise version that is a dream honestly (laughs) honestly it really was i don't know that i would say that's a dream but i love that you two would yeah and so we are talking about cruise ship dancing and what the bible has to say about it today now what are we actually talking about jd today we are talking about is there a bible translation that is the right translation is there one that you should use um, more than another. I mean, is there wrong ones, right ones, and everything in between? All talks on Bible translations. Boom. What is the best Bible translation? Which, oddly enough, is a more commonly asked question. Probably at least once a week, people ask, hey, what translation does the porch recommend? What's the best Bible translation? It can be really confusing early on, too. If you're not like familiar with translations and why there are different mm-hmm. ones, you're like, why is this one different? Why is the you know verbiage different? What makes them different? Are they still all as accurate? And um, so we're just going to unpack a little bit about that. Lauren, yeah. what would you say? I would say that it doesn't matter which translation you use, and because it's God's word and it's infallible, and so pick which one you you like. What does infallible mean? It means that it it can't fail, that it's true. And it's your word never fails. That is, there's definitely truth in that. Um, So what's the difference? What's the difference in all the translations? Yeah. I don't know. That's a great question, David. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> That's why uh, you're here, buddy. Well, yeah. hey, this is. Uh, Didn't you like go to seminary or something? I did. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, why, yeah. why are you asking I saw us your questions? Look, guys, in the office. I'm a, it's a big <laughs> deal. Full. Okay. There's, there's a lot of mahogany books, and uh, this guy just trying to put us on the spot. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. So tell me, which which Bible is the closest to the Greek translation, Miss Lauren? Welcome to your first yeah, podcast. Couldn't tell you. I'm hey, so sorry. Look, no, but you I'm did. Not, I'm not. I'm you did great. Okay. So high level. There's a bunch of English translations out there as we just already alluded to here's what's interesting let's just let's do this people Jesus so we're talking about New Testament what language did Jesus speak we have just gone into trivia I love it all right huh I got a coffee Aramaic he spoke Aramaic the New Testament was written in what language 
Greek. Okay. Yes. Uh, so the, Jesus spoke in Aramaic. The people who wrote down the uh, epistles, which is like just the letters, that's like uh, Romans, Thessalonians, First Peter, all the Corinthians, all the ends on there were all written in Greek. Mm-hmm. New Testament, or I'm sorry, the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, also were all written in Greek. And they were trans... Greek was the... Like the English language of the day, if you will, like it's like the most pervasive mm-hmm. international language was Greek. So because of that, the authors of the New Testament wrote to the widest audience possible, which at the time was those who understood Greek. And so they took the words of Jesus spoken in Aramaic and all the accounts and interactions, and they wrote them into the Greek translations. And in the Old Testament, it was originally Hebrew and the Hebrew Old Testament. And in English today, we take both of those and all the ancient manuscripts, which are like all the ancient versions of different books of the Bible, if you will. So all the ancient versions that we have of the book of Romans, all the ancient, um, where it would just be a manuscript, which is just like a word for, you know, a copy of that letter. And they would take all of those. And now we put all of them together and we put them into the English translations. And so uh, to your point, if you stop and listen to nothing else that we say right now, what's the best English translation that you can read out there? Whichever one you're going to read, whichever one that you're likely going to read. So there's uh, the NLT, the New Living Translation is one of the more clear translations. That's You could just stop right there and you could read that one. There's the New International Version, which is the NIV, people call it. That's another great translation. There's uh, ESV, whichever one you're going to read ultimately is the best one that you should pick. But within those, there's actually some differences um, in different like groups of translations. So this is kind of nerdy stuff, but it answers in case you've ever met somebody who's like, you know, you can't trust the Bible. So many translations and so many different versions of it. Uh, not true. All of the English translations basically communicate the same thing. They just have very subtle differences in how they, uh, how you know, the English language has evolved. And so now, when people will make a twenty first version, twenty first century version of the New Testament, they put it into a more uh, consistent version of the English language and how we use it today. Does that make sense? Yeah. So in other words, when King James was around, they did the best and they spoke it like people would speak in, uh, I think it's Elizabethan English. That sounds right. Or Victorian. No, I think it's Elizabethan. Anyways, whenever that was around, King James. Thou shall. Exactly. All art, of that wilt thoueth. How great like, thou arteth. Pour thy cuppeth with thy teeth. So the way a translation <laughs> is made is you take all these different manuscripts together. And there's actually a couple ways that I could go super nerdy on here, but you know. Yeah, let's just say high yeah. level, please. High level. Uh, you take the manuscripts, you put them together, and you're like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write, and I'm gonna translate into the modern language uh, what the original manuscript was saying, and I'm gonna speak it like today. So the English Standard Version is a much more updated and much more current with kind of how we talk today than King mm-hmm. James is, where it has all those thou's, and nobody says thou. I don't know anybody who says thou in a cons- y'all. No. no, maybe like the person that announces before like the queen walks in. Yes. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. All the like formal. That's, that's ex- that guy is still for sure speaking that way. <laughs> yeah. But for most, he's of us, reading the KJV. Oh, he totally is reading the KJV. Hopefully, just he is. Talks that way. <laughs> and uh, and so today, uh, you know, as the English language has evolved, so translators now take like, what's the best way to say this in the English language? So, um, anything you guys would add? So I just have questions. Um, with that, I think people can assume that 
the Bible over time. Yep. They can misinterpret and think, okay, so the Bible was translated and copied over many years. Was it kind of like the game Telephone? Like, because when I play the game Telephone, the whole point is where it began, it was completely mm-hmm. changed by the end, and that's why everyone laughs at the game. Yep. So did that happen with the Bible if over so many years, written across three continents, three languages, all this stuff, how did it, how did it in, in no way that kind of game of telephone exist. Yeah. So, um, let's do this. Have you ever been in a, a, like a international country where they don't speak English? Oh yeah. And you've had to use a translator. Oh yeah. What? Like, give me a country. Kenya. Kenya. Um, where they are speaking a lot of Kenyans speak English. Yeah. Speaking Swahili. Swahili. Great. So with the, with a translator mm-hmm. based on like what the tongue that the, the audience speaks, you're going to say, Hey, tell them I'm looking for a restaurant to go eat. And then mm-hmm. he's going to speak and say, I don't know. Yeah. I would, I yeah. would insult would all these say? Swahili <laughs> yep, <let's not>. speakers <laughs> out there. And we got a big Swahili audience. Too I, listening, if y'all could have seen his eyes just then, I was like, is he really about to attempt? Butchering. So anyways, based on that, the translator would then put that into the language. Um, you think about it and the same thing happens as it relates to like English. Like if you got in a time machine and you went back in time and you spoke French and you had an English translator, next to you and you only spoke French and you were like, Hey, I want you to ask 18th century, you know, King George where the bathroom is. He may be like, well, the boot is blah, blah, blah. Things that are like, what? That doesn't even make sense. Don't they call it? No, the boot is the, the John. trunk. The John, the Lou, the, the Lou. Lou things that like, yeah. you know, we don't I'm say on one right now. <laughs> and so, and then today, if you had, you know, if you came from the 17th century and you were fast forwarded here and you were trying to translate with a, um, English translator, you only spoke French and they were to translate. And, um, and they were saying words like low key and social media <laughs> and put it out there and post it. You'd be I'm like, shook. Um, I'm shook. Yeah. You'd be like, I have no idea what you're saying right now, but the audience today would understand it because they're so used to those terms and the different ways that people talk. That's essentially what has happened with the different translations. So the most accurate today, if you're actually wondering, so then there's a couple different categories of translations and this is nerdy. This guy over Buckle here. In. No, is, no, you just reminded me of this moment. I'm totally out of myself, but more guys have watched this movie than they want to admit princess diaries. It's a classic. It's a classic. It's so so many people oh, have watched classic. it. And the part where her grandma comes in to tell her that she's a princess and mm-hmm. she goes, shut up. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then the, and, the, and she was like, I beg your pardon. And the guy goes, uh, in America, that means like, Golly gee. Yeah, beg your pardon. I'm going to go watch that movie tonight. Yeah. I've yet to it's see it. Movie. It feels relevant. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, yes. on the, so then in translations, there's two types of translations that even today exist. Do you guys know what they are? What do you mean? Like, like, like uh, the NIV new international version is mm-hmm. in one bucket. Then there's uh, the ESV, ESV. Okay. which would be in another bucket. Yeah, yeah. And those are two different like types of translations. Mm-hmm. Any, any idea? I I'm sorry. I misunderstood yeah, wait. the question. What are you? Okay. So when translators still translate today, they do something called word for word okay. translation and phrase for phrase translation. Okay. And there's a big debate on like, you know, it, it's again, it comes down to just preference because the nuances are so small. Uh, okay. Where the word the comes from. Like, um, you know, Jesus the Christ or Jesus Christ. Like yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. such mm-hmm. and a word yeah. for word would include every single word in Greek. 
versus a phrase for phrase would try to capture here's the actual phrase that yes. they're saying and i'm going to translate that phrase here right which which can come with some um asl interpreting actually is a lot of like phrase for phrase it's you're not if you were trying to sign yeah. with your hands every single word you yep. would not be able to go at the speed of which the person is speaking in English. That's a good point. So yes. you have to paraphrase, but the message itself to the receiver did not change. They are getting the same exact message that the person speaking is saying. Yes. So you have, um, let me give it a couple of examples. So if you're going, here's a uh, word for word, you would have like the ESV. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you looked at a phrase for phrase, like the NLT or NIV, it, here's the NLT's version. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. The differences are so minute. I mean, mm -hmm. they're there, but they're just very, very small. But it's it comes down to how people translate word for word, phrase for phrase. Mm. Um, I think based on uh, the most recent edition of word for word, the most accurate today, and this could change in five years or in six months, if, if they come out with a new, newer one, is the English standard version. Mm -hmm. It's why increasingly a lot of like schools or seminaries or scholars will use the English standard version. Formerly the national, man, or the um, NASB, the new, I don't even know what that stands for. NASB? Um, new American, new, yeah, new American Standard, standard Bible? Bible. Yes. Yep. Oh, oh there we go. Now we're, now we're <laughs> right. like on the board. It was like the, the top, you know, word for word. And I would say the top word for word today, or not even I, like scholars would say, is that. And then the um, NIV 11, 2011, it was redone, would be, I think, the top phrase for phrase. But again, it's such small differences. Just pick one and whichever one you're going to read. If you're new to reading the Bible, I would choose the NLT, New Living Translation, mm -hmm. or the NIV, the New International Version. And um, why, why, if you're new, why would you want to choose between those two over the ESV? Because it's just so much more clear. Okay. Like sometimes the word for word breakdown is a little clunky. Like it's a like, little more simplistic. It's a little bit simpler. Easier it just to understand. reads more plainly. Okay. The and NIV it, and the NLT. NLT. Yeah, they just read a little bit more New like in plain language because they're phrase for phrase and they're okay. just committed to like, I want the phrase that was written in Greek. I want you to understand the phrase. Gotcha. And the ESV is like, I want you to have every single word that was in Greek mm -hmm. show up here. And sometimes there's extra articles and extra these that we don't mm -hmm. talk like that in English, where it's mm -hmm. like the Holy Spirit who was placed in the heart of man, who was placed, and it's like yeah. the Holy Spirit placed in your heart. Was Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, might get a little contradicting here. I can't wait. But let's talk about some translations that I have heard pastors frown upon that I think a lot of people uh, use because either one, it sounds super creative yep. or it sounds super relevant or it makes you feel good inside when you read it. Mm -hmm. uh, some of those being the message yep. translation, uh, the passion translation. Oh. Those are different translations that I, it's like the passion one, for example, I've heard people say, Hey, that is straight up, not the word of God. Yep. That is someone. And, and I see people that I, I mean, I really like I, I look up to or whatever, like using these translations. Um, what would you say? It's like, how serious can a translation get if it's all, you know, quote unquote, the Bible, the word of God, like yeah. how much is you, whereas like one hand, like, Hey, pick what works for you. Yeah. Well, then what about these guys that some pastors don't agree with? I love it. You just stir the pot. Okay. So that <laughs> class is called paraphrase translation. So that is, there's phrase for phrase. Hey, I'm going to take the phrase 
and I want to translate it to English. Then there is word for word. Um, another word for phrase for phrase would be thought for thought. Like I want the mm-hmm. thought to communicate. But so there's phrase for phrase, word for word, and then there is the paraphrase. The reason why um, I would I would discourage someone's primary Bible reading to be from fr- paraphrase is because by definition of paraphrasing. I'm taking what you said and I'm translating it how I think it needs to be communicated. Does that make sense? That like sounds in, dangerous. Uh, I mean, generally the people like Eugene Peterson who translated the message Bible was doing it with a heart to just put it in really plain language so yeah. that, you know, the lowest, uh, it's, reading comprehension could get it. Yeah. Very visual, very like in words. It's very, it just paints differently. Totally. Yeah. The way the mind really like a movie almost like the way the mind really likes to read and, and, Take in things, which it would be dangerous if it was um, the only thing that you were reading. I mean, th- it's weird to even say it's dangerous because it's like, hey, I don't think any of us would go, oh my gosh, there's a guy that I know and he's read the Message Bible like three <laughs> times. He's so encouraged by it and really deep. And none of us would be like, well, that just feels dangerous. Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot more dangerous things you could consume on Netflix and are consuming on Netflix than yeah. the paraphrase Bible. Yes. But from a um, accuracy standpoint and from a strictly consuming this alone that's a good like supplement but there are uh what's it translating leaps or Mm. um there are times where he infers something on the text based on hey i'm paraphrasing what i believe the original intent to be in a way that could be not necessarily uh the original intent of the author but he's making that. So that would be the paraphrase. So I would say, I don't know anything about the passion. Yeah, I've never heard of yeah, that, let me, to be honest. Let me uh, clarify. I do not mean Passion City Church and the Passion Conference. They actually created the Jesus Bible. Uh, but the Passion Translation, I believe, was translated by someone within Bethel. Interesting. Um, I have to look more into that. But it's a very, very creative, quote, painting of Scripture. Um, so if I were to read the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, it would read something on lines of like, um, the, the, the word of God leads me down paths with a light, like a burning fire. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, Mm. it, it really paints it very artistically that a lot of people are like, Ooh, I like the way that makes me feel inside. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. I mean, there's people, if that's your, your deal, um, read the Bible and read that and turn off Netflix. But if it's the only thing that you're reading, you're reading somebody's interpretation. A lot of times somebody's, uh, paraphrasing, which implies an interpretive, you know, inference that they're putting on the text. So that is the big picture kind of heart. And then if you wanted to go deeper, there's all types of resources out there, even on, you know, how, everything is translated, but you can rest assured you are reading God's word when you're reading NIV, ESV, when you're reading these scriptures, they haven't been changed. Anyone who tells you that candidly is just ignorant and they're unaware of the incredible way that God's word has been preserved in hundreds of languages in every single continent for thousands of years. And it's, it's incredibly accurate, more accurate than any other work in history. And because we have so many manuscripts that are still being used together and even discovered, that's why the English language or English standard version, the ESV, which side note, I think is the best study Bible out there. People ask that question all the time. Mm -hmm. What's the best study Bible? I think the most comprehensive uh, resource is the ESV study Bible. If you read it, I've said before, it is like, if you read uh, cover to cover, which you guys are using right now. Yeah, I I am all in that thing. It is so helpful. It's my first time kind of going in depth with the Bible. I, I, 
I think some people know, but like I'm in the Institute right now at Watermark yeah. and where it's just a 10 month Bible study program, like really learning the word of God. And we all use the ESV study Bible. And it's so, so crazy how in every verse, you know, just when we, when, by the way, when we say study Bible, it's a Bible that, like I said, every single verse, what are those called? Are they footnotes? Mm-hmm. They, they're footnotes on the bottom of the Bible. So it's a much thicker Bible because all half of every page is used to explain in detail every verse. And sometimes it'll give you what it means in the Greek translation or what the context. And so study Bibles are really helpful when you're trying to learn the context, the settings, the history, who was writing, the author's intent yep. and all of that. So I would, I would encourage any Christian, hey, when you read God's word, it's super helpful to have your Bible open and then next to it, a study Bible. So when you're reading and you, so many people right now, David, I think I, I, I come across when I'm leading a Bible study something, I'll read something and I'll be like, Hey, what does that mean? And they're like, um, I don't know what that means. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what would you have done if I didn't ask you that? I would have just kept reading. Hey, okay. Mm-hmm. Step one. That's not okay. Yep. You should read something. And when you get confused, go, what does that mean? And a study Bible, particularly for me, the ESV study Bible is a super, super really simplistic like it's not hard it's not really heady but it just helps you break down what scripture means in the context and i would really highly recommend it for anyone who's trying to go deeper in god's word totally i would say it's as good honestly as going to seminary if you read through that and you intake it and you really put it to um mine it is stinging excellent but anyways so um, whatever translation you're going to read is the best one that you should choose. You can rest assured the person who says it's been changed. There's so many translations. All that they're reflecting is they have no idea what they're talking about because the different translations are not different in like somebody changing it. They're subtle changes on, in the evolution of the English language, not the original text, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's so, key. That's um, key. I love it. Anything else you guys would add or anything else? No. Uh, I mean, so which one do you use when you preach? When I teach at the porch, I use the NIV, hmm. except for uh, during Esther, I used NLT just because it's so clear. And there's, we went through like four chapters the other night. Mm-hmm. And so like as much as you can have it be incredibly clear yeah. is in your favor. But what, what, what about you, Lauren? I use NIV. NIV. I, I use ESV. So mm. I study from ESV and I yeah. use NIV when I teach. So, but either way, man, we, I wouldn't die on that hill. If you chose NASB or NET, any of those that you are going to read is a great translation mm-hmm. and any paraphrase like the message or um, I, I can't really speak to the passion, but the message is a great supplement, not a good replacement for all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. hey, if you have more questions about this, you can always email us at info at the porch live or if there's any way that we can serve you or you're interested in finding out more information about the porch, email us at info at the porch live. As always, uh, we love to hear from you through uh, different reviews that you guys are placing out there and we hope to do everything we can to meet you where you're at and hopefully this was a helpful resource. So anything else you guys would add? Nope, but hey, more than anything, we just hope that you're reading your Bible. Yeah. Yes. I know I said nope, and then I said something, but <laughs> read your Bible. Totally. It will change your life. That's right. All right. We'll see you next week in another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch. 